0: Hello and blessings to you during this Advent season. Welcome to our podcast, our worship service remote for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston and for Plains United Methodist Church of Plains, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for later this morning so that you may write them down and, and look them up in the meantime if you want to are First Corinthians 13, 1-13, Luke 1, 26-38, and John three sixteen through seventeen. And for the children's sermon, Luke one, verse thirty seven. I am Reverend Tenny Hutchinson Rupnick, and my email address is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T E N H U T R U P at Gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have and let me know if they're private in nature or if it's okay to share them on the next week's podcast so that your church family can be praying for you. Our prayer requests for our charge for this week are for Tia, for Melissa and Sally, for Heidi, for Ted Wampole and his loved ones, for Bill and his recovery, for the family of Dorothy Tippins, for the Nah family, for the Astolfi family, for the Williamses and the Ramage family, for those who are struggling with anger, for little Nate Gray, for Rebecca who is fighting cancer, for all our healthcare workers and first responders, for all our governmental, civic, and church leaders. And a couple of quick announcements for our podcast today, and as I did the last couple weeks. I invite you to light a candle, either a real candle or one in your imagination, as we read an Advent candle liturgy and remember the Advent lesson of love. Last week we lit a candle to symbolize the joy given to us in Christ, and the weeks before that we lit candles to remember the hope and the peace we have by our Savior. This week we light a candle to remember the love. Please join us. Also, we have moved forward with our virtual coffee hour idea, and we are offering virtual coffee hours for some fellowship, starting today, Sunday, December 20th. These virtual coffee hours will be held over Zoom, Plains' is at 11 a.m., and First UMC's is at noon. Emails have been sent out with the information on how to participate, and we've posted details on Facebook as well. Please join us. And also I'd like to thank everyone who's been participating in our candle lighting within our homes as our way of remembering during this Advent season that Christ is the light that we look toward. We've had a lot of great responses about this. I've received thank yous and folks have sent me pictures of the candles that they have set up, pictures of them lit and glowing in their own homes. We also received a greeting card from one of our members saying that she has been isolated for quite some time and that this is something that has really touched her and helped her to feel closer to her church family. So thank you to everyone for participating in that. I'm going to keep mine going until um, Epiphany, till the 6th of January, when the wise men come across Jesus and recognize him for who he is, and I invite you to do the same. The fourth Sunday of Advent, December 20th, 2020. Our first hymn this morning, you might have guessed it, is Come, O Come, Emmanuel, 211 in our hymnal.
1: Come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show. Cause us in her ways to go Rejoice, rejoice Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel O come, O come, great Lord of my who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times once gave the law in cloud and majesty and awe? Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou root of Jesse's tree, and ensign of thy people be. Before thee, rulers' silent fall, all peoples on thy mercy call.
0: gathering meditation for this morning comes from psalm 89 verses 1 through 2 I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. And our call to worship Alleluia, the Christ child comes, and we await his birth. Let us throw off our fear and allow your love to fill us. Let us stand on tiptoe and shout aloud and sing, Alleluia, the Christ child comes, and we await his birth with deep love. Our prayer of invocation. Almighty God, as we continue in this season of Advent, Remind us again that in the midst of our darkness, you are bringing us love to satisfy our spirits and refresh our souls. Turn our hearts again toward you. Make us ready to receive your Son, our Savior. Lessen our fear and loneliness and give us the blessing of your love in our living. For we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And now we come to the portion of our service in which we light a candle for our Advent season. Last Sunday, we lit the candle of joy. May we remember how we lit it and the candles of hope and peace once again, as we also remember our hope that Christ will come again and bring us everlasting peace and joy. The fourth candle of Advent is the candle of love. Its light is meant to remind us of the love that God has for us. Jesus shows us God's perfect love. He is God's love in human form. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Love is patient. Love is kind and envies no one. Love is never boastful or conceited, rude or selfish. Love is not quick to take offense. It keeps no records of wrongs. It does not gloat over other people's troubles, but rejoices in the right, the good, and the true. There is nothing that love cannot face. There is no limit to its faith, to its hope, to its endurance. Love never ends. We light this candle today to remind us of how God's perfect love is found in Jesus. You may now light your candle. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for your gift of love. Help us prepare our hearts for this gift. Bless our worship. Help us to hear and to do your word. We ask it in the name of the one born in Bethlehem and all God's children say, Amen. I'm recording in my dining room this week, and so the clicking that you're hearing are radiators kicking in. Nothing to be worried about. Our next hymn this morning is number 234, O Come, All Ye Faithful. 234 in our hymnal.
1: O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come, ye O come, Bethlehem, come and behold him, born the King of Angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh come, let us adore him Oh come, let us adore him Christ the Lord
0: Let's join together now in our confession of faith as we recite the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. And now is the time of our children's message. We're going to be reading just one little sentence from the Bible this morning. It comes from a book called Luke, the first chapter, and it's verse 37. But the sentence goes like this, For nothing will be impossible with God. Now the following things to do, the following tasks, are considered near impossible for humans, for us, for people, to complete. Try out these simple tests and see if you can do them. Try this. Now, without touching it, without moving the rest of your face, twitch your nose, just move your nose. Can you do it? How about this? Try licking your own elbow. (laughs) Here's another one. See if you can make a circle with your right leg while drawing a number six in the air with your left hand. How about wiggling your ears without touching them? Can you wiggle your ears? Here's the last one. Place the palm of your hand, that's the grabby part of your hand, on a flat surface like a table. And curl your middle finger under. That's the longest finger. Curl that one under. And then raise only your ring finger. That's the one. If you're using your right hand, it's the one on the... On the right to your ring finger, see if you can raise only that finger without moving any others. I can't do it. Can you think of anything that is impossible, like flying or running a hundred miles per hour? There's a lot of things. there are so many things that we just can't do. But you know there are also so many things that we can do. Let's try and think of some of those. Can we breathe? Of course, we can. How about blink our eyes really, really fast? Can you do it? We can raise our hands. Can you look up at the ceiling? Some of us can whistle or snap. Can you spin in a circle or skip? And that is, of course, just the shortest list of all the many, many things that many people can do. God carefully chose those things for us, making sure he remembered all the the genuinely important ones like eating and breathing and talking. I mean, some things we don't really need to do, like is licking your elbow really that important? No, but I still wish I could do it. But did you know that if God wanted you to fly or needed you to wiggle your ears, God would make it happen? Before Jesus was born, God made two things that weren't possible become possible. God chose two special women to become pregnant and have babies. Now, I know this might not sound impossible. I mean, women have babies all the time, right? But for these women, it really was impossible. The first woman was Elizabeth, who became mother to John the Baptist. Elizabeth was very old, much too old to ever become pregnant. Plus, she was barren which means that her body just could not get pregnant and have babies. But that didn't stop God. God wanted Elizabeth to be the mother of John the Baptist, so God did just that, even though she was much too old, and her body said no. Elizabeth got pregnant and gave birth to a healthy baby boy. But that's not all. God chose Mary, too. God wanted Mary to get pregnant and to give birth to baby Jesus, so he did just that. Mary wasn't too old. She was just the opposite. Mary was too young, and it was physically impossible for her to get pregnant yet. That didn't stop God, though. God wanted Mary pregnant, so Mary got pregnant and gave birth to baby Jesus. It can be difficult to understand sometimes how something that is impossible can suddenly become possible. When we think about the impossible, that's it. Our thinking ends right there. I cannot run 100 miles per hour, period. You cannot grow feathers and fly around. That's it. But there is something very important missing there. Do you know what it is? God. God's missing. Mary didn't just get pregnant. God made it that way. Elizabeth didn't just get pregnant. God made it that way. If God wanted you to grow feathers, you would. And if God wanted me to run 100 miles per hour, I could and would be the fastest pastor out there ever. Because if God wants it that way, God will make it that way. Because nothing is impossible with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us and thank you that impossible things are made possible through you. And all God's children say, amen. Our prayer for illumination. Let us pray. God, give us faith to say with the psalmist, Lord, you light my lamp. My God illuminates my darkness. May your light of love shine in the darkness of our lives. Open our eyes and hearts to the love found in your word. Help our spirits to receive it and help us through our discipleship, to pass it on. Give us your light of love. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first scripture reading for this morning, and there will be three of them. Our first one is a New Testament reading from the Epistle of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Paul wrote to the believers at Corinth, If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. Our next reading is a gospel reading from Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am the servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. And a second gospel reading from John 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our message for this morning is entitled, The Night is Almost Over. So I was writing this sermon right after all the snow. You know, the recent dumping, our winter storm. I saw on Facebook that Some folks in Northeast Pennsylvania were calling our recent snowfall snowvid, as they were played off of its timing in this year of COVID. And I also saw that some were calling this recent weather event 2020's grand finale. Like the extra long burst of fireworks at the end of a 4th of July fireworks show, except in typical 2020 fashion, this grand finale is less brilliant and celebratory and more weighty and annoying, and smothering. An appropriate 2020 grand finale, to be sure. And we are coming to the end of this novel year. Some of us may feel like we are snowshoeing slowly toward January 1st, putting a lot of effort in, working and straining, huffing and puffing, and gaining very little speed. While others may feel like we're sledding there, going more quickly than we're generally used to, Rocketing toward whatever, and having less luck than usual in steering along our intended path. And yet others may not feel like they've been moving anywhere really at all, but feel much more like they've been avalanched upon and held firmly into place. But I like the snow. Yeah, I'm one of those. Now, I agree it can be a pain when we get so many heavy inches of it, but I have to make the confession that I'm one of those people who loves it anyway. Perhaps part of the reason I love it so much is that I grew up in Wisconsin. And the snow, the hoping for it and the playing in it and the living with it for months on end was such a large part of my childhood. Because when I was growing up in the Midwest, we'd, we'd usually get our first real blanket of it in early to mid-November. And then we would have snow on the ground continuously until spring. Continuously. And of course it would get all filthy and line the streets in dirty piles and and we'd get a warmer day and some of it would melt into a nasty slush. But back then it seemed that there was always a fresh snowfall right around the corner that would cover up all the mess and make everything clean and sparkling and pristine once again. We'd walk to school through it. We'd build forts in it. We'd sled and ski over it and make snow angels on it. We'd make soft, loose snowballs to loft gently at our friends for fun and in hopes of starting a good natured fight. And we'd pack solid, icy ones to throw at our enemies in hopes of settling scores. You know the drill. I'd guess most of us listening have our own snow filled memories. And one of my memories is like this. Now it took place a bit past what most of us would consider traditional childhood. I was 18 and in college, and I was with friends in a car in Northern Wisconsin. This is the Northern Woods now, hunting country. Miles and miles and miles of forest and hunting cabins, back roads with rolling hills and curves, miles and miles of tree-lined roads, the kind that don't get traveled by anyone but locals, and not really crossed by anything but deer. You had to watch for the deer. Deer in Wisconsin can grow big, and it's not unusual to harvest one that'd be 180 pounds dressed. For those of you that don't know what dressed means, that means 180 pounds of deer after it has been gutted and such, after it has already been made ready for the butchering. In other words, they're hefty animals, and hitting one at 55 or 60 miles per hour is not recommended. So we were teenagers and driving in the northern woods with the turning and twisting and the dipping of the empty roadway. It was night, and it was beginning to really snow. Big, fat flakes that didn't look so much like flakes as they looked like miniature clumps or balls already. And the wind was blowing And we were driving, as I said, at night through this snowy, snowy weather, up a hill, down the other side, around a curve, up again. We were going fast enough and the wind was blowing hard enough that those clumpy, heavy flakes looked like they were shooting straight at the windshield, sideways. I remember watching the headlights hit just those flakes, watching the way they seemed to zoom straight toward us and I was reminded of how movies like Star Wars and Star Trek make stars look when a ship goes into warp speed. That snowfall looked like that as we drove in that car. Lasered lines of white light rather than individually gently falling flakes of snow. And there's nothing more exciting to the story. We didn't hit a deer, thankfully. We weren't stranded after we swerved off the road. There actually was no trouble or accident at all. We were just friends in a warm car talking and listening to music as we were on our way to a restaurant or something on a dark winter evening. But the image stayed with me, us driving so quickly, the dips and the cresting, the swerves and the turns and that snow coming straight at the windshield like we were rocketing across the universe. And I remember thinking, as the snow fell thick enough and the old lights on the old car were dim enough, and I could see little to nothing of the road ahead. I remember thinking that we could be right at the edge of the world, the edge of existence, and would never know it because we couldn't see it. We could be zipping toward the end and the edge of that same world that Christopher Columbus was wary of falling off, and we could go careening right on over it. Why did the memory stick with me? Who knows, really? The brain can be a funny thing. There surely wasn't any big action to seal it into or brand it onto my brain. It was kind of thrilling to be going so fast. It it was very satisfying to be warm and among friends. It was awfully beautiful to see the snow warp speeding toward us. But many things we go through can be thrilling and satisfying and beautiful. And that doesn't necessarily mean we remember them, hang on to them for so many years. The real reason I remember, I suspect, is because something in me at that time was somehow aware of my own mortality, of my own youth, of how fleeting time is and how perilous living can be, how we can just barely see ahead of ourselves and how living really ultimately is a night of traveling with poor visibility in some warmth and with those you trust, but never really knowing when you might go careening off the edge. Or maybe that's just my age putting an undue importance onto the moment and causing me to philosophize about that snippet of time. Maybe. Probably. Probably back then I had little clue. But it's true, isn't it? That our lives, our living, is all too often like dipping and turning, cresting and speeding into an unfathomable night, never knowing when something might fatally jump in front of us or when we might just go ahead and sail off the edge. I haven't even mentioned the Bible yet. So, to get to our scriptures, Mary was doing it too. Not driving with friends on a winter's night in northern Wisconsin, of course, but Mary was dipping and turning, cresting and speeding into an unfathomable situation as well, When Gabriel came to her, an unmarried young woman who had never been physical with a man, you know what I mean? And in that patriarchal culture and in that socially rigid time, and this angel, now who is gonna believe that if she told them? This angel told her that she was going to become pregnant out of wedlock and was to have a child. And not just that, though that was scary enough, not that she was just gonna be a pregnant maiden, Totally unacceptable and unbelievable, by the way. Totally damning and life-altering socially and at the time. Not just that, but also that she wasn't going to be pregnant with an average baby. That she was rather going to be carrying an infant who was to be called the son of the Most High, the son of God, a future king who was literally God-fathered. Yeah, Mary was dipping and turning, cresting and speeding, into an unfathomable situation as well. She was along for the ride, so to speak, not able to see what was up ahead, but yet Mary was largely unafraid in her situation because while she didn't know, she knew. While she couldn't say for sure, she had faith. While she couldn't see precisely what was ahead, she did see because of her trust in her God. So while Mary was traveling through a night of her experience, a dark time for her, a dimly seen and dimly understood time, Mary trusted her God to see her through. This is the fourth week of Advent and I think I can safely say that all of us know coming up next week is Christmas. And still you may remember that we have spent week after week being reminded that Advent is not Christmas yet and that we are in a time of waiting, of anticipation, and of preparation. That Advent is a bit like pregnant Mary and that the child is not with us yet. And that there is a reason that the official liturgical color for Advent is blue, a somber and darker color, a color more closely associated with heaviness and sadness and mourning than with cheer and celebration. Because Advent does have a darker and heavier mood to it, a weightier feel, like that thick deepness of a cloud-laden, snow-filled night, because it is a time during which we are still in the dark, lighting our candles to remind ourselves of our coming light, a time that we yet see dimly and are without real understanding. The First Corinthians passage read, is that really infamous passage that so many people like to use in weddings and that we see on t-shirts and in greeting cards. That passage which talks about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. And I included it for us today because today is the Sunday for which we light the Advent candle for love, remembering that the birth of our Savior also birthed a new love into the world. I also included the scripture because of verses 12 and 13. Verses which use the idea of seeing dimly. Listen again. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been known. In this letter to the believers at Corinth, Paul is admitting to them that they are all traveling on a northern Wisconsin road through hunting country in a heavy snowfall, that they all are as earlier followers of this new Christ discipleship, that they are careening and twisting, turning and dipping, and at night. Paul is admitting that they see dimly, that they do not understand themselves as believers. Remember his mention of a mirror. Much less understand one another or their God. But he is also saying that they have been given all they need to make the trip, to successfully journey forward in faith, that they have been given all they need and that they have been gifted the love. And in this letter, Paul is talking about how they treat one another as fellow members of a movement, as a, as a growing or kind of created church. But for us, for today, and remembering our gift or present in Jesus' presence, and remembering that we are waiting for the unwrapping of that beautiful gift of that holy child, that while we do see dimly and understand dimly in this time and in this place, while we are concerned about our health during this pandemic and our economy, about our children's schooling during this isolation and our community, and about our churches during these closures in our society, While we are anxious and lonely, while we are confused and see dimly, while we are traveling too slowly, at the same time that it's all moving all too quickly, while all of that and so much more, while we can just barely see ahead of ourselves and how living really ultimately is a night of traveling with poor visibility, in some warmth and with those you trust, but never really knowing when you might go careening off the edge. While all of that, we have been gifted the light. We have been given the hope and the peace, the joy and the love in that too quiet and mostly overlooked Christmas so many, many years ago. Remember that the S-O-N sun is rising and the night is almost over. Like Mary, we believe and so, while we don't know, we know. While we can't say for sure, we have our faith. And while we can't see precisely what is ahead as we careen through our dimly lit living, we do see because of our trust in our God. Come, O oh come, Emmanuel. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is entitled, O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright. And I am not familiar with the tune, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. So please listen to the words, to the theology in this hymn. O Morning Star, how fair and bright thou beamest forth in truth and light. O sovereign meek and lowly. Thou root of Jesse, David's son, my lord and master, thou hast won my heart to serve thee solely. Thou art holy, fair and glorious, all victorious, rich in blessing, rule and might over all possessing. Thou heavenly brightness, light divine, O deep within my heart now shine, and make thee there an altar Fill me with joy and strength to be thy member, ever joined to thee in love that cannot falter. Toward thee longing doth possess me, turn and bless me. Here in sadness I and heart long for thy gladness. What joy to know when life is past, the Lord we love is first and last, the end and the beginning. He will one day. O glorious grace, transport us to that happy place beyond all tears and sinning. Amen, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, crown of gladness. We are yearning for the day of your returning. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time, our talents, and our treasures. As God gave generously to us, so we give back unto our God. Let us pray. Generous God, you gave yourself to this world by the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. Center us now, Lord, on this great gift and help us to remember that your son Jesus told us that we must love you and we must love others if people are to know us as his true disciples. Please accept our offerings of time, talents, and treasure as a thank you for and continuation of your great love. In Christ's name we pray, and all God's children say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, as we have so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator, Sustainer, and Lord in
1: prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. Oh. Lord,
0: Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. God of hope, God of peace, God of joy, God of love, Our minds are filled with thoughts of Christmas, thoughts of the story of light coming into our darkened world, thoughts of a little baby named Jesus. Open us now, Lord, to more than just thoughts. Open our hearts to the hope, peace, joy and love that awaits us this special season. Open our hearts to the real reason of Christmas. A fulfillment that comes not in the presence we find under the tree, but in the presence of your light in our lives, the presence of your grace, the presence of your love. Lord, we pray for your Christmas presence. We pray for the peace that comes through knowing you, the hope that comes through trusting you, the love that comes through living your way. There is so much to be thankful for at Christmas, the generosity, the warmth of spirit, the celebration. For this one season, the words peace on earth and goodwill toward all people dance on most every Christian's tongue, lifting up a vision of what the world could be like if your light and your way were in our hearts all year long. Thank you, Lord, for Christmas. Come, light of the world, come, Lord Emmanuel. We pray all these things in Jesus' name and continue to pray now as he, our Lord Emmanuel, taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our next hymn is number 245 in the hymnal, The First Noel.
1: The first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep no well no well
0: take our leave now of one another, may we recite the Wesleyan Covenant prayer together. I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. In this Advent season especially, we need to see, feel, and share love. Let love live in our hearts regardless of the circumstances and as a testament to the fact that our love is found in Christ alone. And may we then share the love of Christ with those we meet. May we be a people of love. Amen.
1: God's love to you now God's love, my friends May God's full mercies Bless you, my friends, in all your living, and through your loving, Christ be your great love, Christ be your great love.